Hello and welcome back to Booked Out with, I'm oh, sorry, I'm your host Amy. I'm Rhiannon. I'm Emily. That was the microphone. Sorry. <laughs> Good job, Amy. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to adjust the mic. Uh, don't do that. It's very creaky. Yeah. But yeah, welcome back. Today we're going to be talking about the Gilded Wolves by, sorry, who's it by? By Roshani Chokshi. Yes, we've got to have a book review for you about that. It was the book club pick of the month, so hopefully a lot of you read it. We can talk to you about it. It'll be fun. Yeah. And other than that, we're going to have, because the Mardi Gras just happened, so we thought we'll go with that theme. We've got our favourite LGBT characters and LGBT authors that we want to read. So, yeah. And you'll have the most recent book news yeah. after the break. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM. Tune FM, student media. Hey, music lovers. Locally grown artist Fergus James will be heading back to Armadale to perform at the Stro. The night kicks off at 8pm on March 21st and is sure to be a great night. Tickets are also free for students. Just remember to bring your student ID on the night. Tickets are selling fast, so grab yours now. You're listening to Tune FM 106.9. They flood and don't say you know. Let these notions come turn me around. Knee deep in a hotel pool, one hand in a wildfire. Nothing more than a cheap blow, but it's actually all fine. And only I was in the convoluted old tone. It's the shadows I prefer, don't fear the fire. Some diluted disguise in a silent tone You used to have my back, but now you're down Believe in. Said you wanna clap, believe in. 
Said you wanna clap now, afloat Welcome back to Booked Out on 106.9 Tune FM. We've got some brand new book news for you from Re. Yeah. Okay. So news that I wanted to say last Tuesday, but we didn't have a show because of Life Save Day. There is going to be a Nevernight adaptation. <gasps> I wonder if Re's excited about that, Amy. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Oh, I don't know. No, not. totally not. Yeah. Hey. Uh, <laughs> so Screen Australia has ordered a 10-episode miniseries of Nevernight led by Piera Ford as part of their Skip Ahead initiative. Uh, Piera, of course, intends to play Mia Colvert because she basically is Mia Colvert. If you've watched any of her video, uh, any of her YouTube videos. Um, I'm so excited for her. I've been watching her since like 2014 uh, <laughs> or like yeah, or 2015. I can't remember. So like the pride you feel when you see someone you've been watching online for a few years become like mainstream and successful. It's like, you've done so good. It's you've also made it. the biggest fan of Nevernight I know leading an adaptation of Nevernight. Oh, nice. yes. Yeah. So there is no intended release date, but Piera will has stated in her vlogs that she will have footage that looks at how they make the series in her vlogs as well. That's exciting. Uh, so it'll be in her personal vlogs. Uh, also, Vampire Academy might have another movie adaptation thing coming out. Didn't the last like one happen like two years ago? Yeah, I was going to say, like, is a sequel? Never watched yeah. it, but like... So in a post on their official Facebook page, official Vampire Academy Academy movie, they posted, welcome back to Vampire Academy, miss us. So, yeah. Sounds like a sequel. Sounds like a sequel, yeah. yeah. Because, like, welcome back, did you miss us? Yeah. I mean, I didn't go see it, and I don't really know anyone that was really into it, but it didn't seem like it did that well. Yeah, it didn't. I I think because, like, it came out kind of on the tail end of that big vampire craze. Like, everything was vampires for a few years, and it was kind of, Ooh, like... it was a bit yeah. after the tail end, though. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. So like it kind of didn't... They were trying to revive the vampire era with that, and it did not work. Yeah. 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 I mean, but like, I've seen it. I liked it, but... Yeah, I'm not going to fangirl. Yeah. Until the microphone's switched off. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Kosoko Jackson has withdrawn his no-longer debut novel, A Place for Wolves from publication after Backlash. He states in a tweet that he has done a disservice to the history and to the people who suffered in the Kosovo War. 
He also stated that because of this, he has not fulfilled his role as an author. His website has also gone into maintenance mode following this withdrawal. So, more details. Like, what was that? Uh, That's basically what I found from that. So, he withdrew his book after people read the arc and and they all had a massive backlash over the uh, Kosovo war and how it was presented in the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so it was, was it based on true events? Uh, no, it was a historical fiction. So, okay. um, I mean, yeah. people publish whatever they want, and it's up to the reader to make their own thoughts and opinions about it. It was to an extent, yeah. But this author felt that from the backlash and the um, criticisms he received, he had not done his job as an author to present this story properly. Fair enough. Yeah. So, so it wasn't based on any anything that's actually happened in history. Uh, it it was based on something that's happened in history. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Because I was just like, wait, but if he's just made it up, then like, what is the background? Okay, so yeah. it was like about his portrayal of, yeah, okay. a time in history. Yeah, okay. and he had representation of gay Muslim men. I'm pretty sure as well in it, mm-hmm. which he felt he did right, but he also got smaller. Uh, yet still significant backlash about that as well. Okay. I wonder if he's going to rewrite it. Because you imagine going, like, usually people spend at least a year, but years writing a book. Yeah. yeah. Especially if it's your first book. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know anything about it, but I kind of hope he rewrites it. But yeah. Or just, like, like changes some things be, and then publishes it. Because, it like, be that's devastating your, as yeah. an author to finally like because most authors it's been their dream for years to publish something yeah mm. and you'd be so excited and then to like receive that kind of like i haven't i haven't read it maybe it maybe it is awful i don't know but yeah but that would be devastating was it do you know was it self-published or uh no it was put through so it was put through a publishing it house it was put mm. through a publishing house uh, he uh, actually contacted okay. the publishing house to withdraw it um, it had a cover. It was going to be released sometime in the next six months. Um, so it hadn't even been released yet? No. People had read the arcs? Yeah. So oh, okay. Yeah. Advanced okay. range of copies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that's what so. the arc stands for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't even know. I was just like, oh, the arc, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, But yeah, any any other ones? Uh, at, like, news-wise? Yeah. No, that was okay. all three. Yeah. Uh, nice, short and simple. Then. We're going to get into the meat of this episode. And I can see them, especially M. You just start like crouching over the microphone and quivering with excitement. (laughs) You just like bring it on. We're ready for this. The Gilded Wolves by By Roshani Chokshi. I don't have it in front of me. I should. And I can't remember exactly what it is, but what reset. Okay. So the non-spoiler section of this. Uh, for those of you who don't know, this story, in a nutshell, is a high set in 1889 Paris. It is an urban fantasy that focuses on a magic system called forging. Uh, if you want to know more about that, you can have a read, can, figure it out. Or continue like, listening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, <laughs> and it follows these... Uh, this group of teens as they go and steal an artefact. And it's it's everything in a YA book. If you like Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo, I'd say older YA because yeah. the characters. I think Tristan was sixteen. I think it said that, but the rest of them are like 
They're all 16 to nearly 19, I think. Yeah. It doesn't specify all of their ages. No. Yeah. Like, it gives the impression that they're definitely older teens. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so very quickly, star ratings. M. I would give it a solid 4.5. Really? Yes. I really, really enjoyed it. I'll tell you why I took the the 0.5 off later. Yeah. Three. Four reasons I will get into. (laughs) Character-wise, it's good. And the way they handled the – the way she, the author, handled uh, sexuality, ethnicity, and one of the characters was autistic. Yeah. And as someone who has two autistic sisters, I know. Yeah. Like, from an outsider's perspective, what it should look like. Yeah. But – Plot-wise and forging-wise, mm, takes it down a bit. So, so. plot and magic mm-hmm. system takes it down. Fair yeah. enough. Uh, I actually also gave it a 4.5. I'm not as, like, fangirly about it. <laughs> but you got, like, way too into this book. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, there were a couple of reasons why I was docking it down that 0.5 and why I'm not, like, this is the best book I have ever read. Mm. I think one of the main reasons is how comparable it is to Six of Crows. Mm-hmm. Uh, just know that if you've read Six of Crows before going into it, you will see a lot of... Um, similar characteristics? Uh, yes. Tropes? Uh, that might be why I like Spangirl slightly more. I haven't read Six of Crows. Yeah. So for me, it was like... Like, I haven't been reading a lot of YA fantasy. Yeah. So yeah. it's like me delving back into my favourite yeah. genre. But I still found it to be a great piece of YA literature. Mm. I found the representation and the character-driven plot to be very enjoyable. Mm. Okay, let me just... Okay. Okay. 3.5. I I feel like maybe (laughs) I'm being a bit too harsh. Uh, Because the ending... At the beginning, first half, I'd probably give like 3.5, maybe edging up. The last bit, I'd pro- I'd just go like three. So I'm gonna say three point five. Yeah. The the okay. ending, yeah. The ending, I wasn't a massive fan. Of. Like the ending, yeah. that it's in six parts. Mm. Yeah. Oh no, seven. Wait, is it six or seven? Uh, six or seven. The I last the book. Here. The last two or three parts. Seven. From from when it starts, like getting to the climax, mm. I'm like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But we'll get into our spoiler section now. So, did you have the Goodreads? I think uh, it was four point. I have it here. Five or something. Um, the Gilded Wolves is rated at four. At sorry, three point eight two. Oh really? Okay. I thought it was yep. four point something. Okay. It was a little bit. Did higher you go on and we read it? No. Amy's <laughs> <laughs> just brought the whole rating right down. <laughs> Okay. No, I didn't, haven't been on Goodreads yet. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into our spoiler uh, spoilery review. If you have not read the book and you want to go and read the book first, go and do that, then come back. Yeah. Or if you've been with us in the book club for the month and decided to read it. And, yes. Or you just decided to read it anyway and you, you have can. just come across this. Yeah. Listen you in. can hear our opinions. Maybe you'll agree with them. Maybe you'll disagree. Yep. We always like a good conversation and oh, discussion. Yeah. So, yeah. Alrighty. What Spoilers should we? start now. Yes. So come back in like 10, 15 minutes After or whatever. Break. I just After wanted to like blurt out the twist at the end. Just be like. <laughs> so one of the reasons <laughs> this is, this is going to sound completely stupid, 
But one of the reasons that I didn't give it a five was there is this one line in this book, and I can nearly quote it. It's, the beggars were falling asleep in the corners and the cats were slinking around the stone corners. And I found that line so jarring. Oh, yeah. It ripped me out of the story. And, like, up until that point, I'd been so into it. And that line just... Is it repeating corners? It was the repetition of yeah. corners within a sentence. Repeating Oof. words in in one having repeating words in one sentence is always so like awkward. It's it is. It's awkward. It's jarring. I'm pretty sure Rhiannon's just found it. I ha- no. I have a different line. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> no, it was just that line. It was like I was so into it and everything was flowing and going so well and the atmosphere was beautiful, and then that line I was just like, oh. Now I'm reading a book. Like, now it feels like I'm reading a book. No, but you know what yeah, I mean. Like, yeah. when you're really into it and, like, you're not conscious of, like, time passing or anything and then you get ripped out of it and you're just like, ew, thanks. Whereas my moment where that happened was, you know how we've talked about lines in books that are just repetitive all the time? Like, mm-hmm. she yeah. let out a breath she didn't know she was holding. Oh, my God. All those, like, one. trope yeah. lines, those cliches. Yeah. Roshani Chokshi had... He smiled, but it didn't reach his eyes. Oh, yeah. My least favourite one. <laughs> I was just like... The fury. No. The fury. Uh, I, I have okay. to say, though, it was kind of made up. The, in the very first part of the book, there's that Mean Girls quote where they're like, that's why her hair is so big. It's full of secrets. <laughs> I thought of that. And, and, and I nearly messaged you. <laughs> I literally put it in the chat. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the, in the first part of the book, Severin goes, that's what keeps my hair so lustrous, secret. Yeah. And yes. I was just like, yeah. oh, my God. Oh, my God. I thought that, too. I was but like, yeah. oh, beautiful. <laughs> All righty. So do we want to go through and do one pro about the book each, then one con about the book each? Sure. Well, we've done one con as a team. <laughs> uh, uh, do, you, do we want to do the rest of the cons and then we'll go to the pros yes yeah let's get the cons out of the way yeah yeah so we alluded to one earlier which is the plot Mm -hmm. it falls apart when we don't have the characters uh, when the characters are pushed to do things Mm. um so for example severin's uh grief at the end of the book oh god yeah (laughs) i'm just like such a a hole yeah, he really is awful. Like and I kind of, I did kind of like that she used the grief to be like, you know, he's been a bit of a tool. Yeah, yeah. But, I, I yeah. didn't mind it. It was Layla mm. that I didn't yeah. like right at the end. From the big be- at the beginning of the book, you're like, ooh, Severin's like a bit of a tool, like you said. Yeah. But then you <laughs> get to love him. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the end, you're like. Oh. <laughs> really let me down there, boy. But yeah, what you said about Layla, yeah, agree with that. It, it she yeah. feel like her, but like I kind of get that she's playing this thing to like mm. get what she wants. But also Layla, I put this in my notes. Layla is the mum friend. Yes, Layla is the mum friend. Where is and it in my notes? I guess <laughs> like it's going. Everyone has like different facets of their personality, mm. and no one is one trope. Yeah, yeah. But it also kind of felt like no, Layla. Yeah. Why are you being I've, a a hole? <laughs> yeah. Also, the fact that the author was basically just going, "I want these two characters to be angsty," mm. and she had to find a way to make sure they were angsty. So she had to have Severin. Yeah. Just 
acted like the way he did and then Layla decided this was the right way to go, apparently. Apparently, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, like, I'm just like, ugh. I kind of uh, do feel her, like, because we now know that she has basically a timeline of her life. Yeah. And she needs to figure out what she is. Yeah. To keep on living. If she mm. showed that desperation earlier in the book, yeah, I think and that's made the it thing. Is it's more. right at the end. Yeah, yeah. and it's a sudden snap as yeah. well. Uh, I read the chapter and I was just like, "This isn't Layla. No, this isn't her." It doesn't but as soon as like I realized her. it was her, like the author was intending that it was her, I was just like, "Really? Yeah, really." It just this it does just not make sense. It kind of felt like she was trying to hurt Severin out of spite. Which yeah. Yeah. just doesn't fall into her character. She's yeah. the modern character. Why she would is. she want to do that? Like even uh, though she was hurting too, she wouldn't. She wouldn't use Tristan's death on him like that. Like, no, yeah. she wouldn't. And like I get that he, like when she kissed him after Tristan died, mm. and he was like. He was so cruel. He, he was, was like that didn't like the kiss in the catacombs. That didn't mean anything. I thought like you would have known that. And yeah. like he smiled and like was all he was spiteful so, and yeah. he was taking it out on her. And then when she says next, when she's like manipulating him, being like, I'm coming with you, so therefore like in name, I gotta be your mistress. That's because mm. I don't want to come as a maid or something. And then she she says, um, oh, but like at sometimes you'll have to kiss me in public, like where people can see to show that we are what we say you are. Mm. We are. Oh, but that won't mean anything, will it? Yeah. It and really I was like, it kind that's of a just good like, jab. Yeah. Because yeah. he was a mean to he, you. He was yeah. so cruel. Like that would have been absolutely heart-wrenching. I keep wanting to call him an A, three yeah. more letters. Yeah. But I'm like, no. Yeah. He was. He was such an a-hole. He was was needlessly cruel. I know. Uh, But at the same time, like... It's it's there for the plot. There's yeah. no it's excuse. It's there for the plot. <laughs> it's so me. Plot is no excuse. Also, this angst, even though it's not written well, I'm living for it. <laughs> Look, we all love a good angst. Yeah, I, the fact that he, they're just like, we can't be together, but we're going to be, uh, <laughs> we're going to be the official person and the mistress. And I'm just yeah. like, I am mm. living. <laughs> and and then he says, like you, when she like made him promise, he's like you know what you've stepped into, you know that you have to be in my bed every night for three weeks. And she's like, I won't be that much of a temptation for you. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, ooh. She's dropping the <laughs> Whereas we know he is going to oh just my God. hate it. Yep. But speaking of characters that just didn't hit the mark, Tristan. Uh, Tristan. I, okay. I agree. You know when they said, like, Tristan is, like, mind is broken? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like... Okay. Is it okay. Yeah, like he acted so normal. Like he yeah. acted like the young genius because he's like genius forging mm. like plants and everything. Yeah. He always gets commissioned by people. But like relatively normal. And then worried and he wants to talk to Severin going, he wants to say something to Severin because he's worried this won't work and he's worried Severin's plan won't work and all this mm. stuff. And Severin like shuts him down. But, and like you get from his past, like maybe, but then... That happens and it's like, uh, okay, but, and, and it says, 
Um, it was, With his cracked mind, it was easy to convince him that betraying you was saving you. Mm. Didn't say how they did that. It didn't say no. what he said to Tristan. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Not it to was mention very the vague. fact that Tristan, for me, it was like the main reason I put it, it docked down half a star. Yeah. Because he seemed so expendable from page one. Absolutely. He seemed Absolutely. like he had no use in the group. Well, he brought nothing to the uh, table. No, other I'm going to disagree on that. Like, uh, I just found it that way. He was the comedic he was, relief. He. Uh, I want to uh, disagree with you, but actually, now that you're saying that, it's like Enrique is the historian genius person. Zofia is the mathematician genius person. Um, Layla looks after everybody and is also a master of like using beauty as armor and getting what she wants through like speaking. Yeah. And then Severin's like, you know, Made the leader or whatever. But then Tristan. Tristan yeah. Is the, Tristan is the, the vulnerable thing, though. He's the yeah. thing that. that the expendable thing. Well, no. See, I'm, I'm going to disagree slightly. I don't think his character was done as well as it could have been. But he's the one that people are protective over. He's the one yeah. that, like, you know, like they go out of their way to go and feed his pet spider when no when one wants he's to. missing, and no one wants to. He yeah. brings out that protective side in people, especially in separate. With how much he loves Goliath, he's like, like you said, that vulnerable, pure thing that can love this ugly thing that no one else can stand mm-hmm. like he can see the purity and innocence and beauty he's very in this child, tarantula childlike yeah and i think it's interesting the way that like you kind of see his and severin's backstories and how they kind of how they came together and you know their brothers and everything but blood but i also think we're going to learn more about tristan in the following books because of the reveal at the of the birds oh, at the end that was so weird mm. i was like what like he's taking these birds and cutting off their wings and going it's okay you don't need to fly yeah and it's like where did that come from i think that's what they're talking about with his cracked mind is there something that wasn't right about him he was so childlike but then there are things about him that were off the whole way through there were just these little moments where you're just like okay that was that was weird but then it's like it's kind of brushed over it's made an excuse for and so that's why i think there's going to be more to Tristan in the next book. Something yeah. that, you know, like like you said, we didn't find out exactly what they said to him and what, you know, to find out mm. where they were and what the plan was. But I kind of feel like maybe we will. And I thought he was an interesting character, but I definitely thought he could have been used a lot better. Yeah. My favourite characters before the end was Layla and Sophia. I... Mm love so i i love how the other characters treat zofia yeah i took some notes but i mean it's not said explicitly in the story but if you look it up zofia is autistic yeah but the thing is in 1889 paris they didn't have the word for it i know so it was good to see a historical fiction that had uh mental disabilities and not having the word okay uh, do you want to explain it more? Okay. Uh, I'm ignorant, so... Uh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. I have my eldest and younger sister have Asperger's. Well, yeah. they changed it to ASD, so autism spectrum disorder. Sorry, but everyone's still mad about that, so... Yeah. Um, <laughs> history. Yeah. Um, but, like, girl, like, my eldest sister didn't get diagnosed till year 12 or something, 
So I grew up with her just, that's just her. Like all her symptoms, in quotes, are just mm-hmm. personality traits. Mm-hmm. To her as well as to me. Like she said that too. So, yeah. and everyone was like, oh, she's weird and all that stuff. So having someone who is different, knows she is different to other people and can't handle these things like crowded rooms and that. Mm-hmm. But her friends understand that. Mm. So let me get up my... Layla okay. especially. Especially Layla. Oh, yeah. With the dresses, the three I dresses. I loved that. Okay, that sorry. Moment. Sorry, yeah. Um, <laughs> basically, Layla brings... So Zofia's been working all day and Layla brings her in food because she hasn't eaten all day. So Layla puts down the platter and tells her to eat. Zofia felt itchy just looking at the work table now. The corner of the platter hung off the edge. It wasn't even and now looked messy. I will take the platter and put it somewhere else when you take five bites and don't scowl at me. This is Layla talking. Zofia dutifully shoved five bites of food in her mouth. Layla pointed with her chin to the teacup. Drink. Zofia drank the tea. Only then did Layla remove the platter, place it off to the side of a different counter and positioned it just so with none of the corners hanging off the edges and arranged perpendicular to the wall. So she's gone in and going like, I know you're uncomfortable with this and I will move it, but I want you to eat first. Mm. You have to. And then that motivates (sighs) Zofia to eat something. And then she moves it how she likes it. Mm. And another one, what you like just said, was the dresses. Yeah. So... Layla puts out these dresses for Sophia and putting steps of what she needs to do. Um, step two, I laid out three dresses for you. The dark one will be the least distracting because there are no asymmetrical frills. The light one will be the most comfortable. The embroidered one is for if you feel nervous because then you can count the stitches while you're waiting. One thing with Sophia was she would always count things if she's nervous. Mm. And I just, like there was a couple things like Sophia... So uh, Hypno's made a joke and it made Sophia uncomfortable. And he's like, what? But she says, I don't like jokes. And he says, I'll know that for the future. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, at, even when they, they're like, oh, she's a bit different. But then they're like, okay, I'll like be considerate of, of that we'll now we'll that I know. That. Yeah. And I just, I love it. Because yeah. it's not like she's weird or anything. She's not crazy or she's just needs help it's just that's Sophia and I love it it's great it's no the the way that it was handled was really really good and the way that the characters interacted with her even like down to Layla making the biscuits perfectly circular like that kind of thing like um so Sophia would Layla would make all these biscuits and stuff like all fancy and she noticed Sophia would only take the plain, perfectly round ones. Mm. So she would make those specifically for Sophia and mm. take them to her room for her. It's like she just, she know th- the characters, they notice things without Sophia having to outright tell them. Yeah. yeah. They just, you know, have their eyes open and go, oh, yeah. here we go. Like you would with other people. I did but, have yeah. one query about the book. So they each have a different chair that's designed specifically for them. And one of the things that Severin's chair does is it's forged that if anybody else sits on it, blades will shoot up through the cushion. Yeah. 
But then Hypnos sits on it. I think he turns it off. Or it's a um, miss... Uh, character for... Author forgot. <laughs> yeah. Or hip or Hypnos triggered the Somos or whatever it's Somnos. called. Somnos, yeah. Mm. Uh, I just wish it had been addressed in some way. Yeah. yeah. It definitely did seem like an oversight. Yeah. Yeah. It, and that's yeah. the kind of thing is if you're going to have those little character things, especially when you have like a magical... Yeah. Sides of things. You need to watch those details. Yeah. Mm. I loved how the chairs, like, were for the characters. Yeah. Like, Zofia had a stool because she didn't like things touching her back. Yeah. Layla, you know, the dancer, elegant, beautiful one, had the chase lounge. Mm. Um, Tristan had a cushion on the floor because he didn't like heights yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So, yeah. Any yeah. other characters we want to talk about? I mean, can we please just have a moment for Hypnos oh. and Enrique? Like, yes. <laughs> everyone in this room is now <laughs> smiling and looking all giddy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, uh, just those two characters themselves. Hypnos, I thought he was going to be a villain to start off with. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. so excited for him to be a villain. But for him to turn out to be like an anti-villain than someone who was good and pure and just wanted some friends. I oh love that he's so he desperate for wanted friends. to be friends. Oh, my God. Oh, oh. Why and then, be friends? <laughs> <laughs> and then Enrique. Oh, oh! oh. Just, <laughs> everyone just swooned. As well, and Enrique everyone. Was, uh, oh. I like the fact that he was known as the pretty one. Yeah. But whenever he asked if he was pretty, everyone was just like, like, "You're no. striking." <laughs> uh, because I'm beautiful? No, because you look like a train wreck. <laughs> yeah, like, no, they're like constantly, there's that one part where he's like he's like whining. He's like, Severin doesn't think I'm pretty." <laughs> like, I I loved Enrique's character of so his his dad was Spanish and his mum was Filipino. Yeah, but it says he takes so much after his father, so he doesn't yeah. look very Filipino. Mm. And he's part of this group in Paris that are. Illustrado, I think it is. Yeah, that are working to get, like, basically freedom for the Filipinos Mm -hmm. and the Philippines. Um, And it's, like, he he's part of that, but also he's, he's like, he can never be part of that inner circle because he doesn't Mm. look look Filipino enough. He looks Spanish. Yeah. And that's, that's rough. Yeah. And on that note of uh, racial sort of... Bias? Uh, bias, but at the same time, like, identity. Yeah. How Enrique had that identity crisis with yeah. that. Uh, Layla and her Indian history. Oh, mm. I loved that. Oh. Beautifully. How, how they went, like, how they explained the dancing isn't just some performance for show. It's yeah. something like deep in her faith and very spiritual to her and she is not going to perform her faith to this group of parisians who don't understand it exactly i I love that she like didn't want it to be like this trivial thing that people were gawking at when it meant so much to her yeah Yeah. and just like uh, i'm just patting the paragraph (laughs) Uh, but we don't have that much more time left to talk about this book no Uh, so uh, we probably Any, should go to a song break. Anything in particular before we go? 
Um, I wish Goliath the tarantula met someone named David. Um, oh my god, what a reference! <laughs> oh no, yeah. living for it. Oh my god, well done. Uh, okay, <laughs> but on that note, <laughs> and the aesthetic of the book was very lush. Oh, sorry, I meant to say this would be a fantastic movie slash TV series. Yes. yes. Also, the sequel is coming out. Uh, I can't remember the date. I had the exact date like written down. But I am actually beyond excited. Okay. I am excited to read the next book. Uh, Mm. Final thoughts. Would you recommend it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM.
and we are back. Welcome back to Booked Out on 106.9 Tune FM. We just talked about, we just had a book review of The Guild of Bulls. By Roshani Chokshi. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, which is our book club pick of the month. Uh, we will have our next book club pick of the month, uh, month next week as well for that one. Unless we've definitely chosen a book. Uh, if you want, yeah. Okay, yeah, we'll go into The Hobbit by uh, Tolkien. Yeah. <laughs> Did you just Obviously. forget Tolkien's name? <laughs> J.R.R. Tolkien? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, Jay, no, 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 that's George R. R. Martin. I'm yeah. getting it wrong. And then I was like, no, 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 it's right. But yeah, we just thought we'd do a nice, simple read that you might be revisiting, yeah. you might not be. So you're going to say that you might have heard of. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, who well, like, you'd have to have been living under yeah. a rock for at least like 10 years. Yeah. Um, uh, the main reason is because we did our little uh, random choice of the thing uh <laughs> said dead author and we're like yeah. cool Wait, that gives dead. us <laughs> sorry <laughs> if someone said that seriously be like um. <laughs> yeah so sorry, we moving went with on. a dead author so we decided to go with something nice simple yeah. Uh, especially with the start of try one, we all know that we're going to be busy. <laughs> I'm like it's been two days and. <laughs> You're telling us. <laughs> oh. How how are we two days in and I'm already three weeks behind? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone ever. Uh, to reiterate a tweet I saw earlier today, Shania Twain voice. Man, I feel like a dumbass. Sorry. Should have played that song. <laughs> Uh, so we, what are we talking about? We're talking now? about favorite LGBT characters. Nice. Yeah. Has way too few and feels like a failure. Man, oh, I man. feel like a failure. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is going to be a running meme on our show ahead oh now, isn't it? Prepare okay. yourselves, people. So my list is mainly bisexuals. Nice. Nice. Uh, Some representation. Just, yeah. But <laughs> like they also the seem to be like most of my favorite characters, nice. which is good. Uh, so first off, the, the who is the character that you feel like has the best like LGBT representation that you have read personally? This just last book. Wait. Because I read like nothing. Wait, the, yeah. the best yeah. character? Uh, the best character and how that representation was presented um i mean like so many <laughs> how long have we got uh, all right <laughs> well, um i have a couple i have a couple so one of my favorite one of my favorite is a from everyday which is david mm-hmm. leviathan i love a because they don't have a, a sex or a gender so every day they wake up in a different body um, like someone's different. Is this Martin body. Morning? <laughs> Thanks for just ruining my favorite books. I'm just gonna Sorry. leave. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. Um, okay, you know what? No. Okay. So, so A doesn't identify as male or female. They are comfortable being either or. Um, but because they don't have a gender, um. They also don't identify as being straight, gay, or bi. They just see people as their personality. They don't really... It's a pansexual. See, yeah, yeah. 
but the way that the way that A is portrayed is, I am in my opinion is really really good. So there's two books actually that A is in. There's Every Day and the Simple Another something? Day. Yes, it's like you got all the fish in the sea. Literally all the fish. L- literally yeah. Okay. Yeah. all yeah. Every of the single fish. One of them <laughs> continue. <laughs> The only thing is they can't, you know, hold down a relationship because the whole changing bodies every day, which is, yeah. you know, kind a of shame. Difficult. Do yeah. they can take control of someone else's body? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what like, poor person? Well, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Read the book. Um, I, I actually have quite a few. I really like um, Basil and Simon and Carry On. I love Carry On so much because it originated from Rainbow Ra- Rowell's novel Fangirl. Have read that. Have not read Carry On. <sighs> Yeah. I want so to. I'm waiting for Wayward Sun to come out, which is apparently later on this Wait. year. Uh, I'm just like, <laughs> I am not reading Carry On with that Wayward Sun in my hands as well. Fair. Because I've seen so many reviews just going, I've been waiting and I need it. And I'm like, I am waiting. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, you, cannot you hear, I cannot hear those two titles and not think of Supernatural. Basically. Yeah. It's yeah. ruined yeah. me. Carry On Wayward yeah. Sun, yep. I mean, I'm pretty sure that was the inspo. Yeah. But I love I love Carry On because in, in Fangirl, the main character, Kath, is writing mm. the fan fiction. Yeah. And then Rainbow Rowell has actually written the fan fiction. I know. So you can like, read the fan fiction. <gasps> yes, fan fiction. <laughs> it's just like yeah, so much joy. It's so good. much joy. Also, also from a classic novel. Though, the relationship, though, is it good? Yeah, yep. I mean, it's angsty, isn't it? Oh my god, yes! <laughs> it is everything that you want from two teenage boys exploring the world of magic and love. It's okay. <laughs> exploring the world of magic and love. That's so like yeah. poetic. Oh my god, it's just beautiful. <laughs> okay, um, the last the last character I'll mention is Dorian Gray, and I love him because he was written in the 18th century, and he's very very bisexual. Um, and I I like you love that. I, it's not low key. I high key love that. He's great. Um, Everyone who has listened to Booked Out and knows that Amy and I hate Dorian. Loki like, was yeah. fangirling about how much I love that book. Um, and but we're if, just like, oh, we're so sorry, but we hated it. If, you, if you've I seen the, the TV it. series um, Penny Dreadful, they have a portrayal of Dorian Gray in that, and he's portrayed as bisexual. It's actually a really good portrayal, and mm. he's a beautiful, beautiful human being. Yeah. Nice. And, you know, facially, obviously, he's an awful person, but. Anyway, yeah, I'll stop blathering. Mine are like <laughs> Enrique and Hypnos from the Guild of Wolves. So Thank I you. won't mm. talk about them because we just did. Yeah. but Well, I'll, Enrique was in my list because... I they, love him. Just... I love... Okay. I love the part where he said like when he was younger, he was like agonizing over having to choose men or, yeah. woman, or women. Yeah. And his brother who was on his way to priesthood said... God made us with no mistakes. Yes, beautiful. and that made him like be content with himself. And I'm like that. Like if you if you're Christian or religious or have any kind of deity you worship, I love that that mm. they made humans with no mistakes. So like, stop yeah. thinking you were a mistake because you're gorgeous and lovely, and ev- everyone should think that. Yeah, yeah, and you can love anyone you want to love. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you've had another bisexual character who's one of my favourites. Which one? Evelyn Hugo from The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. I love her because she just does whatever the hell she wants 
and she asks for forgiveness, not permission. And that is her just life goals. goals. And I'm just like, yes, you go, girl. I loved her story so much. That book still is one of my favorites. And it's some of my favorite bisexual and lesbian uh, representation in books, actually. I have one that isn't quite exactly uh, explicit yet. Yeah. So, Undercover Princess by Connie Glynn has two characters, Lottie Pumpkin and Ellie Wolf. They are totally gay for each other. <laughs> and it's like the, um, the author, Connie Glynn, is bisexual and she's basically said it's going to be a thing, but it's not outright said in the books yet because mm. the second one's coming out. And I'm like, they basically count, basically. But think like... Hmm. a girl who isn't a princess but basic like at, like everyone thinks she is because mm-hmm. she's like the embodiment her name's her last name's pumpkin she's she's <laughs> adorable gets roomed with the most like tomboy like low-key goth like hardcore actual princess uh-huh. <laughs> but you know black leather studs nice <laughs> and they're just perfect for each other and i love it i ship it I do too, but we gotta wait till the next book comes out yeah. to find out. Yeah. And Lottie Lake is her bodyguard. I love it. <laughs> Essentially. Yeah. Essentially. And you've read another one as well, which is Victor Vale from Vicious. He is asexual. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Forget about that. It's explicitly said in the second book, which is um, yeah, inventful. Yeah. It's That's not explicitly said in have... Vicious though. Uh, I wonder if that's why David Leviathan called that character A. Ooh, like Possibly. asexual. Yeah, he's like I never even thought about that. Mm. That'd be non-binary, not a-binary. Yeah. Wait, yeah. would it? I don't know. We're all gonna go and do some googling yeah. after this. <laughs> and my two final characters, I've talked about them too much on this uh, on the show already. Nina from Six of Crows, who is bisexual. She is amazing. She is flamboyant and beautiful, and I love her. And finally, Mia Corvair from Nevernight, explicitly bisexual, has had relationships with both men and fe- uh, male and female characters, and. Oh, the scenes as well. Uh, there is smut in Nevernight. Uh, but, like, <laughs> the scenes in uh, Nevernight and God's Grave show her explicitly as bisexual and she has no problems with it whatsoever. But, but Ray, yes. we have to call it Lemon now. <laughs> Again. <laughs> yep. Uh, um, do Tumblr. They? The Tumblr. Uh, has the stuff online yeah. where it's all censoring everything now and we're going back going to, like, back to the, the citrus lemon. scale. <laughs> It was like literally ten years ago. The citrus was scale. It? Wait, ten yeah. years. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh it's wow. Been, yeah. Yeah. The citrus scale because it's like orange, lime, lemon, grapefruit. <laughs> people were telling people were telling newbies that grapefruit's like the the like uh, barely not safe for work, and I'm like, they kiss. And I'm just like, <laughs> now that's the other end of the scale. That's the freaky stuff. I yeah. literally never heard of the citrus scale. Like, were I'm you on? Ba- were you on fanfiction.net <laughs> like ten years ago? No, oh. I I used alternative not even eight sites. years ago. I've ne- I've never been on fanfiction.net. <gasps> I mean, like, okay, no, that's like I've been on there. Yeah, oh, I didn't like it. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so we'll wrap up now. Uh, 
Unless, okay, any yeah. LGBT authors that you really need to mention? Um, Patricia Highsmith. She does The Price of Salt. She is, she was a lesbian. Um, She did quote as saying that she has tried to like men but does not like them in bed. <laughs> Uh, And then you have Amy Rose Capetta, who is bi and non-binary. She has a book coming out this year that is literally a rainbow. Uh, (laughs) I can't remember what it's called for the life of me, but it has a tree on the back of it. Just kidding. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so I found out about her today and I'm like, I want to read Virginia Woolf and Sappho. (laughs) Her poetry, because from 2000 or however many thousand years ago. Yeah. I need to read the OG lesbian. Her name is literally where Sappho, like, like, Sappho, like, Sapphic. Yeah. <laughs> the word came from, like, the OG lesbian. Yeah. I love it. Okay. <laughs> kind of is. Did you have new releases? I have, ooh, sorry, two of them. First one is, I will do very quick stuff. Yeah. This, actually. Um, Sorry. Lightning round. Yeah. So first off, coming hit, it came <clears> out <throat> yesterday was The Time Traveler's Guide to Modern Romance by Madeline J. Reynolds. I like the It title. is time travel and gay romance. I like uh, it Someone <laughs> from the 19th century goes back to about the 14th century and he falls in love with someone. The problem is if he goes back, catastrophic things will happen because of time travel rules. So he has to choose whether he's going to go back to his own time or stay with the person he loves. Stay. Uh, stay. So... The second century is cool. <laughs> yeah. The second one is when all is said and when when all is said by Anne Griffin for fan and this one is for fans of Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. It's a life story from the perspective of an elderly man ordering five drinks for the most uh, for the five most vital people to him, and he's telling a story at the bar. Interesting. Of his life. Nice. Yeah, and that one comes out today. Okay, cool. Um, if you want to see more of us throughout the rest of the week and not just every Tuesday. Go on Instagram. I'm at of books and cats underscore. I'm at bookish underscore re. And I'm at puppies and paperbacks. I still yeah. can't get over that name. It's like, so cute. <laughs> I love it. Uh, don't forget that if you missed out on parts of this uh, show, we do podcast it. It'll be up sometime tomorrow. You can find us on most platforms, I'm pretty sure. Spotify, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, Spotify, Podbean. I think there's hope we're in talks about doing another one so yeah. then we can just have ourselves only instead of all the other tune shows along with it yeah uh but apart from that is at tune fm on instagram that's tune, tune. not just us and, and tune excla- exclamation point fm 106.9 on facebook yeah uh and that's for and the website as well yeah tune FM. and we're also on goodreads booked out literally just the name yeah and so yeah that's pretty much it <laughs> any last statements <laughs> i am working on my reading challenge i will have a review next week have you still not done it yet not yet oh, i uh, forgot about that i will and it's uh, my challenge was read a book about a place that i want to be have you chosen so, a book yet uh i haven't chosen a book yet oh good yeah but i will choose one and read it and if you guys want to know what that is check my instagram in the next couple of days plug Mysterious. your instagram just plug it yeah <laughs> but anyway thank you for joining us on booked out we'll see you next week for more bookish content, you're listening to 106.9 Tune FM.